Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford. I am the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas, and I am very, very happy to be able to say hello to my congregation, as well as to all of our Saints Network family who are joining with us today. For those of you who have been awake and aware, <laughs> you will recognize that we have been in a many-week time of concerted and focused prayer toward, first of all, the season that the Lord has us in, what he is uh, preparing us for, and what he is beginning to do throughout the world. But secondly, next week, uh, a good number of folks from our church here in Dallas and from the Saints Network will be traveling to Brazil and we'll be having um, some incredible um, some incredible times of ministry amongst a number of different churches and a great number of people that we believe the Lord is calling into a deeper walk with him in intercession. And this is an exciting moment. We believe that it is God's timing. It's his God's chosen moment. And it's always a wonderful thing to be a part of something like that. Now, from next week onward, <coughs> God is going to be doing a, a number of things. Other points of ministry. Other open doors. <coughs> it's not my purpose now to give you a travel log. But our fasting, excuse me, is for the purpose of being able to prepare ourselves for what God is doing. In so many ways, we are to be the friend of the bridegroom, preparing the way of the Lord. And we are uh, we're fasting today. We're fasting this week, but today is a particular notable moment in the fast because our church tonight is gathering at 6 o'clock for a time of prayer. Others from the Saints Network are standing in alignment this day and at that time. Um, and um, we're just doing this unto the Lord in obedience to Him. But the primary objective is to make ourselves uh, ready to submit ourselves to God for what he's doing and what he is about to do. And so we have had seven weeks of prayer. We're, in, we're coming toward the end of that. Each week a specific emphasis. We are in the fifth month, so we've been engaged in the fast of feasting for the fourth and fifth month. Uh, this week is a week of 
fasting and focusing on what God is wanting to do in South America, particularly. And um, I next week we're going to be praying about God opening up through the power of the cross, the the rivers of of the Spirit of God, the the waters of life, the Hestemis laying claim to them uh, by virtue of the cross, and it's it's an exciting it's an exciting time, and uh, that culminates then with um, uh, asking for people to pray um, from. Uh, that Sunday, Monday, as people are traveling back um, and to seal the things that God has sown, protection, health, vitality, favor for the team, but also laying claim to what God has begun and covering that that week in prayer. These are all strategic points of prayer. These are things that God's Word tells us to do. And um, this is not of works, but it's of partnership. And so, um, we're looking forward to what what the Father is going to do. I, I know one thing. The Bible tells us that Jesus makes intercession for us according to the will of God. And I know that this is an important mission and there's one thing you can rely upon and that is that our Lord and Savior at the right hand of the Father is not only with us, thank, thank Him for that, but is praying for the success of this mission. This is... Um, this is a strategic moment in the kingdom, and we're honored that the Father has allowed us to say, yes, I, I'm willing to do what, what I know you're asking, and uh, I, I'm so grateful for our congregation, for those that will be actually traveling and those that will be doing a necessary measure of holding here and standing in the gap here and praying from this powerful place that God has entrusted to us. Um, we're honored. And I was thinking back, you know, we've, we've had teams, um, We've had teams that have come out from our, this church and from the network for 25 years. And um, I, I, um, I've been grateful for all of them. I remember having a, the, the first major gathering of going into the nations. That was after we uh, found our freedom as a church and really the inception of the global saints network but we took um well i don't say we took that sounds like we coerced coerced people no i don't want to go no we're taking you um 
there were over 40 people that went into Uganda and, of course, did activations in England. There was a smaller team that did activations in, in Greece uh, prior to that. But um, I remember when we went to particularly to Uganda and we ministered, we sowed obediently to the Lord. And God did good things. We're, we're grateful for that. But we didn't have a plethora of pastors who were hungry and desirous to become what God is calling the saints to be. We didn't have the wealth of materials. We didn't have... Um, we didn't have... A, a, a bevy of churches that were that were open and and willing to accept this in Uganda, and I bless them. These were early on. This opening in Brazil is so different because there are great numbers of churches, great numbers of leaders, pastors who are hungry for what God has given to all of us and who, who are desirous of becoming totally different, totally different. And I think that speaks to the timetable of the Father, what he prophesied about South America what he uh, what he's wanting to do in building the army of the Lord of the saints down there but our prayers are and we prayed a lot before we went on any of the journeys we've taken um, I remember taking a large number of people into the south of France and what powerful times we had and God really blessed our saints' family there, our allies in the faith. But one of the things that we lamented over and over again, even the French people would, was the, the lack of pastors. It's a different dynamic. God's doing his work in different ways. Uh, here we are in a city of pastors in Dallas, the Bible Belt of of uh, fundamental Christianity. It's called that. It's not me dreaming something up. What other church is walking with us as saints here? So I'm not complaining at all about people who, um, who don't have a whole scat of pastors. Um, we, we know that God is um, God is doing his work in his way but this particular journey it's it's um, a layer upon layer of what God is saying to us in prayer and in focusing and I I'm just very honored to be able to stand in, in agreement with you in prayer so Let's look at a passage of scripture that is found in Matthew chapter 9 
and it has to do with fasting. Matthew 9, 14. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Now let's talk about that first of all. The Pharisees didn't have a very good reputation among the things Jesus said. He didn't have favorable things to say about what the Pharisees were doing. In fact, he warned his disciples against the leaven of the Pharisees and the righteousness of the Pharisees. So, without condemning the people themselves, um, the fasting of the Pharisees was not something that Jesus admired. Um, in fact, he, he talked about Pharisee that would go and stand in the public square with bright robes on and say things. And he said, when you pray, you go into the closet, and you fast, you, you do it to the fa- under the Father. So, the reference to the fasting of the Pharisees, highly regulated, was brought up here. What were John's disciples fasting about? Now, John's mission was to prepare the way for Jesus. But as is so often the case, with all due respect to John, he gathered a bunch of zealots to him. Now, I'm not saying he did it purposely, but there were a lot of zealots that heard John demeaning the religion of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and they magnetized to him. Even when we go out in ministry, especially early on when we, we were trying to explain the, the different things that God was doing spiritually and the angelic presence and there were people who gravitated to us because they had an interest in that. They didn't really care that much about what we really were. And in fact, when we started to talk about what we really are in Scripture, they didn't have, want to have too much to do with that. And um, I... I'm not faulting John at all. I'm just saying that people gravitated to John for a lot of different reasons. You see, for example, James and John, um, Jesus' disciples, sons of thunder. They were... They had, they had to lay down their own agenda and their explosiveness, hence they're called the sons of thunder, in order to really be what God wanted them to be. Would you agree with that? Um, we don't know to what role Judas Iscariot was aligned with John 
I suspect that his identity as Iscariot, the one who carried the, the dagger, very intimidating person, he, he probably would have been more aligned with the insurrectionist viewpoints. In fact, I, I personally believe, and I think it makes perfect sense in Scripture, that that's what he was trying to accomplish when he betrayed the Lord. But that's another topic. So, when some of the disciples of John come to Jesus and talk about fasting being offered by the Pharisees and, and, and by John's disciples, you have to understand what's being asked, particularly the Pharisees. The Pharisees were fasting to get rid of Rome. The Pharisees were fasting for um, influence and wealth. The Pharisees wanted the resurrection of the kingdom of Israel more from a, um, an international viewpoint than, than that of God. And um, the Pharisees were, were very interested in power and keeping their own. So much of their fasting was a means of an attempt to control the people. Do you understand that? And that goes back to what we've talked about many times in regard to the fast. If we're fasting for anything other than simply the will of God as God sees it. Not the will of God that we say this is the will of God and pluck some scripture and avoid others. <clears throat> if we fast for anything other than the, the will of God, we're doing it wrong. And if we fast for any other purpose than to become submitted to God, to become closer to him so that we can represent him we're doing it wrong so how does Jesus answer this great request which was kind of like an accusation hey how come we're doing this and you're not yeah. <laughs> that's where it came from Jesus said to them in case any of you forgot, Matthew 9, now we're at verse 15. Can the children of the bridegroom mourn? Ah, now that's interesting. Can there is more of, a, of an exploratory. You could easily translate this meh uh, from the Greek as tell me. Or, consider this. Or, what would be the reason? And the children of the bridegroom mourn. Who said anything about mourning? That was not what Jesus viewed as a primary focus of fasting. Mourning was what the Pharisees tried to depict. 
morning was kind of like what we often say. Oh, if I just go and God's not been listening to me, I've got all these people that are going to fast, and we'll just come and weep and moan about the fact that we didn't get our prayer answered, and we just don't understand. That's the next thing they say. So we're, we're going to show ourselves as really somber, really just... We're going to afflict ourselves in many ways just to get God's attention. Is it right that the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast. He doesn't say mourn. He doesn't say lament and boo-hoo. He says fast. And what does he say next? No man puts a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. The tear is made worse. People across our country, their rent is being made worse. A little picture of Joe. I did that. Um, But this is a tear. Why would it be a garment? Because of the garments of what God is equipping you for as you go forward. You know, every battle of the warrior, you know, you take those bloodied garments and you burn them as an offering unto God and God equips you again. You know, God spoke to the seven churches. Christ spoke to the seven churches and said, Look, you've been blessed. It's time for you now to become uh, humble before me and have your eyes anointed and uh, know that you're naked. You're naked for a purpose. God wants to put new clothing on you for you to go forth. We've studied this before. This is one of the things that God is doing through fasting. And then, neither do men put new wine into new bottles. Hmm. Else the bottles break and the wine runs out and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles. Hmm. So both are preserved. Sinterial, preserved. The fruit of that terial. That's interesting, isn't it? I love that. So, This is Jesus' answer. Don't be fasting like religious people or zealots who have an axe to grind. The bridegroom came to pattern what really should be. And when he goes, which he has, he's coming again, hallelujah, but he has gone, and then they fast. Why? Well, he continues so that you be outfitted inside and outside with what God is giving to you to represent him in the terio, your terio, and the place he's sending you. And there's going to be a harvest from the vineyard of the Lord. 
So you've you've got to be you've got to be doing it in accordance with what God has prepared for this time frame. That, my friends, was Jesus' answer to the people who wanted to draw him back into the old corrupt means of fasting, either religion or for a personal uh, manifesto, as it were. But we fast in serving the Lord, in preparing the way for him, so that we are made into something new and adorned with empowered garments to represent him in the harvest. This is what we're doing right now. These are the words of Jesus. And it's very clear to me. I remember preaching on this one time. We, we did a lot of fasting in the early couple of years. Um, just as unto the Lord. We, we, would have, we would call fast. God would call a fast. Sometimes it would be a fast just to fast. Other times it would be, look at this type of fast in the scripture. So we're all going to fast and we're going to submit ourselves to God for the purposes that this kind of fast, biblically, are to generate. We did this a lot. It was a, it was a good thing to, to do this before the Lord. And it trained us. It taught us. It empowered us. It positioned us. Why? To serve him. I value those days. But I remember one Sunday evening. This was the first year, I mean, I think. And I noticed that every time we would fast, we would lose people. And I would warn the people, look, fasting is before God. We're doing this before Him. Know that during this time, God's going to be testing you, and you're either going to submit to Him, to Him, not to me, but to Him, or you're going to reject Him and His ways, and you're going to leave. So I don't want to lose anybody. God doesn't want to lose anybody. Just know this is the case. And it didn't matter people would leave. And I remember one Sunday night, and I can, I can still picture it in my mind, there was a man that was in the church. He had been a good man. And I'm sure he still was a good man. But he fought tooth and nail. He was a very dear friend during the time I was an associate pastor. And he marginally supported me. He was on the board during the first seven years or eight years of my pastorate here. But once we started what God was visiting us with, oh my goodness, I won't go into too many details. I could. It really is a travesty. 
But I remember seeing him sitting back in the very back of the church with his wife, who was a lovely person. And I, I said, we're fasting. Who amongst the assemblies of God, who amongst Christians could fault a people fasting before the Lord? Please know that God is using this to do a work in us. So, there is no reason for anybody to leave this church in the midst of this fast. If you're contemplating leaving, don't do it during a fast. Don't do it immediately after the fast. Let God do what he wants to do in you. And I remember looking straight back there at him. A week later, they were gone. It was sad. So let's forget about that point of refining now because we're in a different mode. These dear people in Brazil, I pray that God will help them because they're going to face some of this. The enemy doesn't have any new tactics. He may have new ways of dolling it up, but it's the same enemy. But I, I know that fasting works on who you are. And you're, you're going to be required to lay things down before God. And don't pick them up when you're done. Give them to him. You ever think about that verse, you know, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Cast your burden on the Lord and leave it there. You ever think about the fact that that may not just mean you praying for old Aunt Nellie, who's given you so much counsel over the years. She's got the colic right now, so we're praying. We're going to cast that burden on the Lord. Well, it could be that it's the burden of unresolved issues within you, uh, the burden of iniquities that have yet to be refined, the burden of something that God has targeted for you to surrender to Him because in the next season that will weigh you down. God is working a work within us. And, and I, I, it's, it's not a mournful thing. It's, it's a rejoicing. You know, if you call somebody to your house to do repairs or, or to fix something, you know, we had recently had to have our air conditioning HVAC system replaced. The thing was, parts of it were 30 years old. So I think it was, it served its use. We had nursed it along. But finally, it was time. What are you going to do in Texas? And when those guys were taking away that old stuff, I wasn't laying out on the driveway weeping, Oh, this was part of my family. 
This was here when my girls were growing up. It kept us cool in the summer and warm in the winter. Oh, I lament that it's gone. No. I rejoiced because there was a more energy-efficient unit being brought in there. And I wasn't going to have to be worried about low Freon or leaks or an engine going out or any of those things. Through this summer, man, just in time for Katie to move out. We've got a brand new air conditioner. So, if God is wanting to upgrade you, no matter how wonderful you've been in the past, let him do it. Don't do patchwork. This is good preaching. Are you out there? You're gone home. You're already home. So, this was Jesus' answer for the fasting crew. So let's take a, 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 a gander again at, I do not understand this gander. Let's take a look uh, at uh, Isaiah 58.5. And we preached on this on Sunday, this past Sunday. You can hear the archive. I'm not going to teach it again, but let's just go through some of these things. Um, God has chosen this, and this is truly a day of the Lord is it so here's his fast and he's Isaiah the Lord through Isaiah is really lamenting and chastising people who are misusing the fast so when I pray laying on my sackcloth I go the last one first I'm saying everything that I've been, everything that I, I am, I lay it before you and let your fire consume the things that aren't useful to me anymore. I'm not a hoarder spiritually. I should be a steward, but not a hoarder. Um, let it be as ash, as an offering to you. And I, I lay on the sackcloth as opposed to wearing it where I'm doing both. But I'm laying upon it because I believe that your kingdom is going to touch the earth in a by dynamic way in the days that are coming, even now. That your light will come, shine into and out from the darkness. In fact, further in Isaiah, Isaiah 8, 58, 8, then your light will break forth as the morning. Health will spring forth speedily. Your righteousness, the righteous vision, your friendship with God will go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your re reward, rearward. Then you'll call and I'll answer. You'll cry and I'll say, here I am. Um, this is, this is an amazing thing. This business of health springing forth. Do you notice what happened immediately 
upon the the next minute after what we read Jesus said about wine and bottles, the ruler of the synagogue comes and says, my daughter's dead even now. God is going to show himself strong. Signs are going to accompany what God is wanting. But the glory of the Lord being the re-reward, what, what does that mean for us? Well, it means protection, yes. But we're talking about the glory here. The glory. That's the partnership that God is, uh, is offering to us that has not been offered prior to this. This is what makes an apostle, an apostolic ministry, an apostolic ministry. Um, I love this. And uh, I, I, I know that the glory of the Lord is going to last. I, I like this word, rearward. If you look it up, it's ASAP, ASAP, which is kind of funny in the Hebrew. We want something ASAP, which means we want it and we want it now. Only God, in his great humor, could say that the rearward of the glory is ASAP, because we know good and well that it's not. We wait on it. We have great patience, but it will come. Uh, this word, just pulling it up, reading right out of uh, CWSB Dictionary. Uh, the word means to gather, to take away, to harvest. It has many different contextual applications. It can mean to gather people for different reasons. It is used as a nation con collecting armies for fighting. The Lord taking away Rachel's disgrace of childlessness. It can be used to gather or harvest food or other objects, even animals, money. Um, the word also refers to death or burial, literally meaning to be gathered to one's own people or to the Lord. That's, that's interesting. And in fact, this is the word. This is Asaph's name. Asaph, the one who basically directed the temple, wrote a number of psalms, chief seer of the tabernacle. I, I meant the tabernacle of David. And... Um, so it's interesting that he understood this as well. Um, so the glory of the Lord is um, the, the, the ways of God, the, the, the plan of God being done. All of these things we're going to know and, and read the rest of this. But um, stretched out on the sackcloth. What a feeling it is when you do this. It feels different this time in prayer. Not that feelings have anything to do with it. But I do denote some new measure of commune with God, which is great. It's just wonderful. What about bowing your head as the bulrush? Here's things that I ask God for while I'm doing this, while I'm laying on my face on this sackcloth. Remember what we studied about the bulrush. Again, listen to the sermon um, from Sunday. 
it's a, a three-sided king of the reeds which speaks about father son holy spirit it speaks about promise promise seal of fulfillment it it's a large excuse me it's a large reed 10 to 12 feet long so we're we're representing the jealousy of god we are we are representing a conduit of great proportion of what god's wanting to release from heaven you know we're we're called to be the stelos the pillar in the temple here is an application of it but it's we're really doing something on behalf of god's conduit the inside of this bulrush was used by the egyptians and most of the people in um, in um, in that region to make papyrus this was the primary source of papyrus but it was also used the material inside there was used to make strong twine usually as a reddish color fishermen used it for their nets fishermen used it for their for their line fishing um job refers to its role in defeating leviathan it's one of the parts of defeating leviathan all of these things are there so we bow our head we submit our authority to god and we become this to become a vessel representing all of these things one of the things that i'm praying for even today in a big way i was up most of the night not that that matters for anything but when sunrise hit, I felt beat up. I'm feeling pretty good now. But I don't know what all was going on in the night. But I suspect it was about the introduction of this fast. But one of the things I've been praying is, God, we've got a mission, which is our mission. But we've got a mission to train this army in Portuguese. And it will spread over into Europe, into the port of Gaul. And we believe that whatever God's going to be doing, that's Portugal. Whatever God's going to be doing in Brazil is going to impact Portugal, which is one of the most beautiful nations on earth. Also, largely inexpensive to travel in. Um, but that's going to touch all of Gaul. It's going to touch Spain. It's going to touch France. And it's going to then touch Ireland. This is incredible. We've laid through the graciousness of the Lord. We've laid ourselves before God on behalf of all of this. I remember being with a team uh, in, uh, in Barcelona. And many of you remember this. And we did an activation there at the place where uh, the, the, the Spanish king and queen sent forth Columbus. Now, I'm not come to bury Columbus. I've come to speak on behalf of what that represented. And we laid claim at that point for the Caribbean, for South America. I remember that. And God is going to go back there and touch those nations. 
with his kingdom. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm asking God for favor in being able to communicate the message and for being able to distribute the message and for for the, the for the presence of God to flood into that into that continent and to uh, really give oh we need God's help this is his work but we cannot do it with our might or our power but by his spirit we need this we need God's intricacy of strategies to do warfare there and to raise up the, the mighty men and women down there in their indigenous land to do warfare. These and so much more are represented by that bowing down the head as bulrush. We're laying our authority, the head, our thinking, our perceptions, our governance, whatever we are, this is a casting of our crown before the Lord so that we can serve him on his purpose. This is no small thing. To afflict the soul. Here are just the things we mentioned on Sunday. To afflict the, the mind, the emotion, our perceptions, doesn't mean to chastise, it means to align. Afflict there means to dwell with and to support, to be busied, to answer and to respond immediately, to be in submission to, to, to chant and to sing. It also means to foil and to disrupt. So we're submitting our thinking, our mind, our emotions, which so often, the Bible says, are at enmity with the things of the Spirit of God. This is what I'm asking God for, for me. For me. I'm standing alone before the Lord when I pray. Yeah, there's a great cloud of witnesses. I'm representing people, but you are standing alone before the Lord in this. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Remember that old song? <laughs> you. This is great. So powerful. <laughs> and how many times we've taught on this. The fast of meekness, which is true. All of it is true. We're seeing a living example of being faithful in the foundational smaller things and being made, given authority over many. I still absolutely detest the idea that is readily and wrongfully taught to the church that because you're born again, all of these principles and powerful things are yours right now. Just be progressive. Just be progressive and start ripping out the pages of the scripture that puts a requirement. Yes, you're born again. It's not of works. But you still have to progress from a baby to a, to a servant 
to a, to a child, a baby, a child, a servant, and then being made a son, being made an heir, being made a joint heir. That is a progression, my friends. The writer of the Hebrews tells us that whoever God loves as a son, you're going to be chastened. You're going to be developed. So, I've heard these sermons. You have too. I'm not demeaning anybody. I'm just saying that it, in some ways it's innocent. God loves all these people. But it's just baloney to tell people, all right, he's done it all. He's paid it all. He's sitting up there at the right hand waiting for God to say, bring my children home. Yeah, You've heard it. And I don't care if it offends some of you. Oh, don't say that. You might offend people. Did John offend people? Did Jesus offend people? Did Paul the Apostle offend people? Believe you me, he did. Sometimes you've got to stand up and say, as Jesus did, you generation of vipers. Woo, that's too hard. The smiling Jesus at the big rock in Gethsemane would never say anything like that. The comforter calling you to come and take your place. Pantaplas. Take your place. He's calling for you to come alongside the Lord God Almighty and do what you're called to do. But on the other side of the room, there are people saying, Oh, he's your comforter. He's your warm and fuzzy. He's just there with you. He's a heavenly AAA, you know. The payments of the premium have already been made. Thank you for being willing to, to walk. You know, we're already hearing from some of these pastors that they're, a lot of their people don't seem to be willing to come along in this walk. And one pastor says, and this isn't just Brazil. No. One pastor says his people, a lot of his people are lazy. A lot of these people don't want to learn. Ooh, man, what a word. I thought that was just some mean old Pastor Ron thing. No, this is everywhere. It's the same kind of thing maybe some of you, unless you had a brainiac in your house and you were raising them. Okay, did you do your homework? No, I don't want to. It's hard. I don't understand. You know what my response was in my house? That's not acceptable. I think the, the fruit shows itself. <laughs> Must have worked. Oh, I used to think that. Oh, man. Except in history and some of the subjects I really like. I don't want to study this stuff. And then I think, am I ever going to use this? But then, for me, the prospect of not making an A... And being with the riffraff of the class took over, and I applied short-term memory and studied stuff so that I could pass. I don't remember much of it now. 
saying, it's too hard. I don't know that God really wants this. That's baby talk. And no parent, well, maybe some of you would, because your little darling never, never, never should be put any pressure on them. There have been things that God has asked for me as a pastor to offer that I knew I was supposed to offer, and I gladly offered them. But as they were going, I was thinking, do you know how long it took for that to be built? Do you know how much I invested in those people? Do you know how much we sacrificed so that this family could be what they are right now? You're just going to let them walk out the door? Well, it wasn't about me. What about your personal life? We need the anointing of the Spirit. We need the empowerment of the Spirit. We cannot do this on our own. We understand it tactically, biblically. We've walked through this. But on some of the things we've never seen. Listen, I'm telling you. I, I could say this when we went into Europe. Oh, we felt at home. We went into India. I thought I was in a circus spiritually. No, not demeaning the Indian people. When in Australia. Different. China. Woo. Russia. Violence, murder. You could feel those things. You go into Brazil, you're, you're going to feel some things spiritually that are unlike anything you've ever felt. Some of you are feeling that now as you pray. We need for God to fine-tune us so that we can represent him. I'm not afraid of any of this. God is with us. But this is a refining time. This is a good time. It's for God to give us new garments. It's for God to prepare us for the new wine and the harvest. It's, it's time for us to go forth for light shining forth as the morning. Health and vitality, vitality springing forth speedily. Righteousness, the righteous vision of the Lord and the the, uh, the appeal for people to know God as friends, because that was the first issuance of righteousness, and they qualify because they're of the seed of Abraham. It goes before us, and the glory, what God has sent us there to accomplish in this time frame, from the throne, according to his plan as Yahweh, it's going to be the rearward. Let it last. Let it gather. Let it harvest. Let it prepare for war. Let it prepare for all of those things that we see that word that the divine author chose specifically. The inerrant, the inspired, the God-breathed word of God says that. Can we believe for this? This fast that God has chosen in this day to the Lord. These things are being worked in you, but they're being worked also for the place we're going. But mostly and most importantly, shining over it all, it's unto our Father 
who knows all these things. Oh, I just feel so good about this, don't you? So, this is a week of fasting. This is a cheerful feast. This is one of the moments in the weeks of prayer. Uh, you know, I, I even also, let's see here. I've got these pages, which most of you should have. Um, last week, Hebron, that was something. But this week, for the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Sha'al prayer that we, we released on April 23rd, this week is direction from God. I said this was the sixth week earlier. Forgive me. This is the fifth week. And we, we assign Gibeon. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask what I give you. Kingly wisdom. 2 Samuel 5. Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them? And the Lord said, Go up. I will doubtless deliver them into your hands. May 21st this week, we fast for the nation of Brazil, for the continent of South America. Our privilege is to declare the cross of Christ, to declare that our Father has ordained that we lay claim to ownership and operation of the Histemi deposits created by God for what? For His glory. May his cross yield a healing in this nation and for the nations. Next week, the week when many of the team, all of the team that's going down there is going next week, we're declaring the stirring of the waters, trees of righteousness, former and latter rain. Um, we're going into a city named after St. Paul. Oh, all those Gentiles through South America, and the Jews too, if they want to submit themselves to Christ the Messiah. Um, we ask for that anointing, for the work that God gave to him, that it would be continued. And then the week following, I, I forgive me, I didn't have this sheet. I should have been looking at it. I hope it didn't confuse anybody, but we're still in the same message, so just do an autocorrect. Then the, the June 4th, we're asking protection, safe and unencumbered travel, perfect health, favor, and blessing upon our team of saints and upon their homes and families. May we enjoy excellence in our usage of equipment and technical production. May there be divine peace and harmony among everyone involved. And may the glory of the Lord be our rearward. So, fast. May God bless you in it. Many of you will be joining in just a few hours, depending on when you're hearing this, here at the sanctuary or joining in uh, through the internet. It's not going to be broadcast. It's a Zoom for the team itself that's going. Um, but thank you for praying. Let's continue this fast this week. Let's listen to what God's asking and let's do it. So, God bless you. Thank you. And Father, thank you. I ask that you bless these precious people. Let us be what you need us to be. But most importantly, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on this earth 
as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Oh, and Father, I ask that whatever needs are in the life of these pope, these these folks, these pokes, these folks, that you'll release healing to them right now. See, my the bell is dinging right now. That's Brazil calling me, wanting to know when we're going to begin our broadcast. So I better get off here and get with them. But I speak life and health to you. Be healed. Be provided for. Know the favor of the Lord. May wonderful things open for you that God has ordained. And I do that in Jesus' name. Okay, it's time to go. I'm so glad we had this time together. God bless all of you. Goodbye.